This is, this is the In the Black Podcast. In the Black, bro. Okay, so check this out. Oh, shit. So I had a, a homie send me a <coughs> of a conversation oh, that he and his siblings and everyone had about a video from Kevin Samuels or whatever that dude, you know the dude, everybody knows that, right? And the video had him, was him saying that if a woman is not going to put sex on the table as an option during a date, they should not date a man after 5 p.m. That all dates should occur during the morning, during brunch time, during lunch time. That if sex is not on the table as an option during a date, that no, no woman should be going out on dates after 5 p.m. So there was a debate amongst him and his siblings about whether or not Kevin Samuels had a point. And the rationale, his rationale, was that going on a lunch date or going on a brunch date or going to meet someone during the morning does give a different perspective or mentality to the date that allows women an opportunity to better vet the guy. Because at nighttime, you know, you, there's this perspective that you're going to go follow this woman home after the evening, possibly follow this woman home after the evening to possibly get some. Hmm. So what do you guys think? I think that's an interesting think, perspective. I mean, that part, a, not what I Kevin mean, Samuel said, but what I think he, Kevin Samuel is a fucking idiot. He's a, he's a wild ass motherfucker. There. He's a, I mean, he's I a maniac. Think, yeah. He's a maniac. But, but I think there's, I think there's, there's a, a level of life. something there. But again, I think men should not go on dates with women, at least the first two dates, with sex on their thought process at all. Right? How, I don't think that do, should be. How do you do that? Well, and you, I mean, you can have it on your. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me answer. Before you answer that question, especially you, that you told us on many occasions on this show that you were always the hunter. So how do you say that you're going to go on a date with any woman and that's not going to be in the back of your mind? Oh, hold on, bro. Listen, I mean, you could get. Hold on, I mean, you could I mean, be a hunter and not expect to catch the prey on the first night, because if you're looking for a big game, you set big traps, right? So if I'm going on a date, the first couple of dates, and I'm just being a gentleman and getting to know you, when you so bring that guard down, I'm going to knock that back games. all the way out. <laughs> like, come on, now he literally just like admitted to shit. playing games. He literally <laughs> just admitted to playing <laughs> games. That shit. The nigga just admitted to playing the game. It's not a game. It's not a game. It's not a game, bro. That's 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 what dating is, bro. Yeah, and I don't have anything to lose. So if I go on the first couple of dates and I just get to know you and build up a rapport and our friendship and we have a good time, when we get together sexually, it's going to be better than if I just met you that first day and we go and get it and it's just it's just sex. But if I know you a little bit and I done made you chuckle and I done gave done something nice for you, when we get together sexually, I'm going to get more than I would have if it was just that first night. At one time. 
You think so? Because plenty of people are plenty of people are getting I will testify. I mean, but one night hookups is if you are not looking for anything of significance. I've always been looking for something of significance. Now, it may not have been a relationship every time, but it might have been something continuous. Yeah. So maybe just that number I can call up, you know, when I'm lonely, a couple months down the line. But the fact that me and you had a good time, I I didn't do anything assholish to make you delete my number. You know what I'm saying? No, that's. Right, that's what dating is. I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, okay, so yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Phil, and then after I mean, answer, I mean, basically, man, you know, logic to that. I mean, the basic logic, at least in my experience, is that you know, when there's chemistry, you know, uh, experiments will be taken. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, you know, when, when there's when there's smoke, there will be fire. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And, and, and uh, you know, in my in my in my experience, no time is wasted. You know what I'm saying? When that like, when that chemistry is there. Now, sometimes there are certain certain situations that, you know, every situation has a different speed, can have a different speed. And you can every still, like, and, 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 and you, you realize, damn, I, I, you know, I'm feeling this person, you know, I, I still feel this person, and you still have some patience and the desire to get to know them and things, you know, but, you know, but, you know the, the the speed that these things go tends to vary. But, you know, I mean, um, but I wouldn't, but to, but to, to 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 say that you're going to remove sexual intentions from your mind for two dates, no nah, sexual yeah, intentions yeah, going to be yeah. there. You're, I, I, I'm going to want to hit it. Now I'm going to want to hit it, but that doesn't mean I, I have I, to. I want to want. I wanted I wanted to hit it when I met you, talked yeah, to you. Yeah, probably yeah, to hit it when but, I saw you in Gap. But but but, yeah. but but you're a person. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and with, with a brain and feelings and a family and maybe two brothers with shotguns. So I'm going to be yeah. like, hey. And I believe hey, that if you show like, hey, what, value you and you add value to things, you're going to get value back. Exactly. I, I strongly believe that when it comes to women, if you demonstrate that you value them, you will get treasure back from them in some capacity, whether it's loyalty, strong relationships, great sex, intimacy. If you pour in value to them, you will get it back. But women know the game. I mean, I never wanted. I never wanted on. And I'm just going with your analogy here, okay? Don't you think that always that also plays back to the game that you're going after? Because sometimes you may, at least in my experience, sometimes you go on the hunt, and you find out that the game is not really worth it, right? And the game, I mean, mean, and let's be fair too. When you're you're younger, you don't, you don't, don't, yeah. Yeah, when we say the hunt, we're not specifically speaking about sexual conquests. I don't. When I say the hunt, I'm not speaking that we were predators looking to just see how much sex we can have. For men, for for men, I'm gonna tell you, it has it is not always about sex with us. Yes, sex is often a dominant thought. It's something that we enjoy, but it's also the fact of having access to women right that's one of the reasons why a lot of men still maintain contact with their exes it's not the fact that we want to always have sex with them it's the fact that we can have access to them and when we call them we can have a discussion about a memory about something that we did before and take her to a place where you know it's that control access component so that's, that's part of the hunt and this i can only speak from men so no 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. It's, and it's, I think it's fascinating that component about going on a date at night and a date on a day. 
I, I think there's think some there's validity to it. I think there's some validity to it, but I also say, there's you know, I don't know how many times I don't went to a lunch date or went to a breakfast date and, you know, intimacy followed after that. I don't think because it was daytime, you know, we ain't vampires, motherfucker. It doesn't, you know, it stops I mean, you. Stop shit. I mean, I put it this way, you know what I'm saying? Like, I can, I can also say from experience that, you know, I don't think it matters what time of day. It pops off when it pops off. Um, <laughs> Literally. It pops off when it pops on. Um, you could but, um, but uh, at the same time, I could see why he would say that. There's a certain cold, certain obtuse pragmatism to that. You know what I, I mean? Agree. You know, that, I mean, yes, on all likelihood, you are going to, uh, in, in, in a sense, uh, disarm the situation by by you know by, by by having it during more early morning hours during work hours during you know what i'm saying it, it, versus at nighttime when you're not thinking about the next five six seven eight hours and and you know, you'd rather spend that time with a woman at night you know versus, yeah. versus the daytime you know if right. you're so if, you, if you're so inclined so i'm not gonna see that but honestly it's not it's not uh, entirely realistic you might be setting up a few women out there, you know what I mean, who think that, you know, oh, I'm good. You know, hey, this nigga up at eight in the morning. You know, I mean, morning wood, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, well, listen, man. It ain't just the fact <laughs> that I got to go pee send, either. Like, I'm going to send this yeah, to yeah. your wife. She know. She know. Shit, how long have you been married? <laughs> Shit. 14 years. That ain't so his good. elbow poking her in the back. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, man? Come on, yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is up? Back once again, it is the Incredible in the Black Podcast. And in case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world and covering it all from the perspective of three grown-ass men who are out of the hunting game. Indeed. Oh, thank God. I want to make Indeed. sure that she knows that. I am your host, Big O, Mr. In the Black himself, but you know I can never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my safari party. Crush, say what's up. (laughs) What's good, everybody? (laughs) L, what's up? That was pretty fucking good. (laughs) That was pretty good, man. man. That was pretty damn good. Okay, that was good. good. That was good, man. That was good. All right. Safari party. Now, I want to give you a compliment once a year. I mean, I mean, you just happen to get it in January this year. Why, so. why, is, it at the, why is it at the beginning oh, no, of the year? January 27th. Right. Yeah. January 27th. It's already done. Yeah. What's good, people? How y'all doing, man? Welcome back. No Welcome doubt. back. No doubt. No doubt. If you're checking this out on YouTube, hit that thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure that you turn on all notifications so you can check out all the previous episodes and know that when we upload another episode... Also, check us out across social media at In The Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. But do us a favor. Try and become part of the family. L, please tell these folks how they can do that. Hey, man, head on over to our Patreon. No, I'm sorry. I'm getting to the money too fast. My apologies. We are looking to get money from you. This nigga doesn't know how to pay himself whatsoever. Let me do the spill first. Let me... You know, yes. like I'm be selling a card. Hey, man, head on over to our website. <laughs> be professional. <laughs> head on over to our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com. In the right-hand corner, there's the Become Family tab. 
there's a number of things that you can do at this particular website. You can listen to old shows. You can buy swag, new swag on the way. You can do Cash App, direct Cash App. And that would be dollar sign in the black PDCST. But the Patreon, the Patreon is really what we're ensuring and encouraging folks to become a part of. Uh, independent black media is such a necessity uh, and it's limited. It's often co-opted. It's often abandoned. It's often hijacked. So mm. we can only do it if you guys are supporting us. And honestly, the best way that you can support us outside of sharing our stuff is to support us monetarily. So become a Patreon, number of tiers, number of dope-ass things that you can do, man. And sincerely to all of our Patreons, is it Patreons or Patreons? Whatever. To all y'all motherfuckers, we really, really appreciate all that you guys do. Uh, sincerely. And one more thing. The first is coming, so Patreon tends to take the money in the first of the month so make sure y'all got your credit card information up to date because the last thing we want to do is have some of y'all shit bounce and then we you know we gotta send some folks after you so make sure you got you don't want you don't want ray ray or arrow to pull up on you so like, you yeah, where, where my five dollars money at you have no control over yourself Whatsoever, nigga. You are the worst. I'll like certified. You just like, why don't try? Why even try to control? We can, we can, we can see that, sir. We can see that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So tonight's black box letter actually. Give me one moment. Let me get my phone real quick. Uh oh. Which one of the clear folks and sent him a message this time? Nah, this is some this is some real shit. Um uh -oh. tonight's tonight's black box letter is actually a serious one. Um Good. One of our listeners, uh, well, let me take a step back, okay? Earlier last week, well, you take more uh, stuff back than stuff Curry, shit. And 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 I'm and I'm always I'm always good with the shot though. Uh, <laughs> so you are an amateur bodybuilder. You would know what nuts in the face looks like. That's Elgin. That is for the. That is for off the cuff. That is not for other people to hear. Okay. Oh man, so they better listen. They better listen. You don't want to miss that, motherfuckers. Y'all better, y'all better figure it out. The Patreon. <laughs> no, but That's seriously. One so you. one Go of ahead. the homies Sorry. came, uh, sent me uh, a message, talking about mental health and checking in on family. And mm. for some reason, he's this last week. Unfortunately, we got the unfortunate news uh, circulating in pop culture about Regina King's son, <laughs> who had taken his life at the ripe young age of 26, Ian Alexander Jr. Yeah. took his own life. And I know that the family has been devastated. Talk less of his mother. Um, so he was talking about how he needed to check on his friends, check on his family, and trying to understand why someone would be in a situation as much as you can try and do that to figure out what would have caused such a thing and it's he said he couldn't understand why witnessing this or excuse me not witnessing but hearing about this young man's death hit him so hard hmm. 36 hours ago and it has become national news at this point uh our friend of the show 
one of my family friends uh candace former mayor of heightsville co-chair of our black party broke to us that her replacement for lack of a better description kevin ward who became the mayor of hyattsville after her committed suicide took his own life at the age of 41 years old what yeah my wife told me this morning it's been it's been all over the news yeah. the governor of maryland came out talked about it and just like it's a video and excuse me not 41 44 <clears throat> years old how old 44 44 okay. and anyone that knew this gentleman knows that let me take a step back knowing this gentleman if you saw him you would have never even contemplated this being something that would happen it has not only gripped the city of hyattsville terribly it has gripped his friends and family terribly as you can imagine he was i believe the first black gay mayor of the city of hyattsville so he broke the mold in a lot of aspects and it's just things like this have left many of us in the community and it's many of us in the community asking questions he was a local activist before he became got into politics and you're we're sitting here thinking were there signs did i miss the signs did i talk enough was i there enough what could i have done what could we have done differently and it's been hard to watch people that you know and care about suffer through this type of loss especially the way this type of loss happens and i mean no loss is easy but there's something about someone taking their own life that hits quite quite differently it feels cruel it was very interesting because immediately after <clears throat> regina king's son passed away i went on social media and i started posting the statistics of black men in america and how we are it feels anyway that we are more endangered now than we've been over the course of our existence and it's not just through the oppression of white supremacy from police but there is something there's something happening right now amongst black men that we need to get a hold of black men the number of black youth <clears throat> in this country has increased almost 17 excuse me the number of black youth committing suicide has increased almost 17 fold since the statistics were taken 10 years ago more than that actually almost 20 percent of that young black men between the ages of 18 and 35 are the majority 
18 and 24, excuse me. Black men between the ages of 20 and 40 are three to four times more likely to commit suicide than their white counterparts. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to wrap my mind around it. Because clearly there's there's something. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think a couple of things, right? Uh, first, for the people who are um, dealing with the pain and the, the grief and the trauma related to losing someone who's died of suicide, right? Uh, that's a heavy, heavy weight because it's a human thing for us to immediately look inward to see what can I have done better? What could I have said? What did I miss? And we begin to do heavy introspective and examination on the self. And I think that's part of what is missing is us not doing a better job of looking externally, right? I don't think there's, as someone who's lost people who have died from suicide, who have uh, seen suicide attempts, suicidal ideations, all those components, it's a very difficult thing, right? But I think there's, there's some things that we can do differently. And doing these things is no guarantee that we would stop people from dying of suicide or suicide attempts. Because, but I think there's things that we can begin to examine and do differently. And one of the things I think that we can begin to do differently, particularly as black men, is how we communicate with each other, right? We tend to get into a space here now where we only communicate heavy and deep when life is fucked up, right? When life is weighing us down, when we're dealing with some pain, something difficult is when we open up to each other and share our difficulties. But oftentimes for people who are battling uh suicidal thoughts and suicidal behavior, that's too late. They're, they already are in that or on that path of going in that direction. So we, and it's not, and again, we can't stop it, right? We, we can't stop because it's one of the things that they teach you when you're dealing with these trainings and doing all these things, you can't prevent someone from doing it but you can do a hell of a good job of impeding their progress, mm. right? And one of the things that I'm constantly talking about, about black men, we don't communicate very well. And there's a variety of factors and a variety of reasons why it can be white supremacy. It can be generational. It can be a whole many things, things that we got to do a better job of communicating about in order to do that, because I think about my own circle of friends, right? 
people that I call friends. I'm not talking about motherfucking associates, people that I'm talking about actual friends because I distinguish between associates and friends. Motherf- mm. Every motherfucker is not my friend, right? Yeah. There's a distinction there. I try to do a better job in my older years, which is a whole nother conversation in my older years of fostering authentic friendships, where it's not just we're being checking in on each other when we're going through something or we're witnessing somebody else go through it. Because it's one of the things that we saw, right? We saw this when Regina King's son died of suicide, check on your strong friend, check on your family Mm -hmm. member. Check on it. And, and I dig it. I dig it. So it's not me being disparaging towards those, but I think we have to carry that mentality all the fucking time. Like, I get frustrated with my friends and cuss them the fuck out when I find out that they're going through something difficult and they didn't share it with me. Like, I'm not sharing, actually, to share to be, for me to be in your business. I'm sharing it to be your brother and to assist you and help you navigate that. And if you don't allow me that opportunity, I actually begin to call and question our relationship. Like, maybe we don't have that. But I think we have to don't do a better job of doing it. Don't you think that, I'm not saying necessarily saying it disparagingly to you, but don't you think that we as Black men, unfortunately, we have a hard time discerning that? Outside of discerning genuine friendship, discerning genuine friendship, and this is what I mean by that, for you to have a solid friendship, there needs to be a level of intimacy or communication. And for a very long time, we've been taught that that is not how we should operate. Men do not operate in a space of communication and intimacy. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I have a homie that afterwards I talked to him during this whole process, and you can go after this uh, crush. We were talking about this whole incident, everything that's transpired, and he told me he had gotten married, had a divorce, his wife took his children, and he felt so distraught, so taken down, so torn apart, he didn't know how to function. And he said in that period, he had a lot of those dark thoughts. And I asked him, did you talk to anyone? And he said, I didn't feel that I had the space to talk to anyone. He said his pastor of his church could tell that something was going on with him and would call him periodically to say, hey, are you okay? Did this for almost a year, he said. And he said, not one time did he tell her what was going on. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Crush. I mean, men's friendships, I believe, are tend to are tend to be built on shared experiences. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and those, those experiences tend to be ones that are trying more often than not mm-hmm. than one. It through uh, whether it be through sports or through school or through a job Tragedy. or what have you. Yep. Or through mm-hmm. a mutual, or through a mutual interest, you know. Um, this is not to say. Well, I definitely just have noticed how the friendships are different versus how women build theirs. And so, like the that that level of intimacy is definitely more often than not determined upon you know the the the, the kind of experience you have with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know. I will say that uh, that's something I personally have to work on. You know, there are, there are some, I've definitely drifted away. I've been pretty, 
uh, bad the communication part. <laughs> we were some of my really good friends in the past few years. You know, I mean, I know things were going to be different for me after I got married, but I definitely uh, have been pretty bad at the communication part. And I know how important that really is right now um, as we get older, because, you know, things start to literally thin out on so many levels, on so many levels and you don't realize um you know you start looking around you and you're at that age where you know uh, you know you start losing people you know and um and how you deal with that will often uh, determine how that that chapter of your life is going to go and i think the thing that i think the thing that we all want the most at this chapter is to not be alone but what it means to not be alone now you know, it's a very personal thing. You know what I'm saying? And it's hard to uh, be open about, you know, because we all, we've all developed uh, as much, you know, the things that we like. We've also developed all our dislikes and all our particular ways yeah. and stuff, you know, and, our, and, our, and, our, and all our boundaries that half the time aren't really necessary. Yeah. And I think we got to get past this idea of us not having space, right? I dig it. I do it. I do. I understand. But I also think it's time for us to say, fuck that and begin to cultivate and create space. Right. And that just means to walk with a level of boldness and unadulterated. I have to do this in order for me to be successful and those behind me to have a path to walk to greatness. We, and, and, and I don't say that just to be on some placating, that's the right thing type of shit. But I think one of the things that black men don't do enough is we don't walk in our boldness as men. And part of it is the way the world has treated us, oppression, all those things. But I think we have to do a better job of walking in space and cultivating spaces where we can be who we want to be, regardless of what the fuck the world is going to say and respond to us. And I know is it's easier said than done. And but it has to it, oh I know it is, but it has to be done for the literally for the sake and survival of us and brothers behind us it we, we have to do a better job and i think as much as i'm a therapy guy and think people should go to therapy i think if people had more authentic relationships where they're actually able to communicate what they want what they need and how they feel i think a lot of the shit and the pressures that we feel in the world wouldn't be as fucking heavy i, I just think we gotta do a better job and this again it all starts with maybe a handful of friends, two or three, where you cultivate that relationships. And the problem with us is, man, when you get past fucking probably 30, 35, you really ain't making no new friends at that point in time. Like, it's a cutoff for, for, for black men. Like, we don't yes, make new friends because we're at that point we in time, make, we're we already rooted. friends that well, right. So no. talk about bringing somebody into your fold once you pass the age of 30 years old. My my, yeah. my wife said my wife says that all the time. She's like, oh well, you know my, my my you know my girlfriend's bringing her man. You know I know you know I don't want to put you into that forced situation. Like, all right. <laughs> thank thank you for not putting me in that. Shit. Right. Right. Some guy you don't know. And I'll be like, yo, I get to know him. We can kick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I'm not unfriendly. You know. 
but don't I come know, in with expectations that I'm gonna be this motherfucker, my friend. When you know, right, right, yeah. because we share well, a cigar see, and some whiskey all of a sudden. No, no we well, don't. See, no, see, we don't do this. That's, that's what our ladies want. Our, our, yeah. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Like we, we're so. I'd be like, slow down, our, slow down. Our, our ladies want us to make so many friends at this age. They're like, like, mind you, they really that, that's really on their that's on their checklist for all of, for, for y'all. It really is. And I think it's part of it is that they don't. <laughs> they really don't actually, understand what it to be a black man twenty four seven. Like me making new friends is cultivating and giving energy that I really typically may not have throughout the day to something new because I'm getting beat down at at work. I come home and my responsibilities and the things I have to do it here are, are just as more important than that. I don't have time to cultivate something new and it's Mm. difficult. You know what I mean? It's, like I don't have time to cultivate and get to know somebody's likes and you know how to figure out to communicate with this dude who you know can't. It's I'd rather just sit by like, and watch I, the game. By this age, it feels like a lot more work, and I I, I dig yeah. it. Yeah. But I think yeah. one of the things that we yeah. as people have, right? But one of the things that I that Candace said in her video, and I think it speaks doubly for black men, is that we try to ration our our love or our feelings towards people that it's hard for us. It's hard for people in general to tell people that they care about in most instances that they love them, or that they care about them. Talk less of black men that we don't share that as though we don't have enough to go around or as though we need to monopolize it to keep it for other people. When there are tons of people that just checking in on them and telling them that you care could mean a big, big difference. And I would, I, I'm, I'm going to wrestle with that because I think that's good. I don't know if black men have enough to, to, to go around. I don't know if we have enough to, to give out. I, I don't know. I, I understand why we ration it out because literally, I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough to give out in spaces that, that may not be. Why do you feel that it's something that you need to hoard onto? Because it's so or that it's something that you don't, so... you have a limited amount of. It's, it's so little at this point. There's so little left, man. It's, a, it's at a creep. Yeah, I, I, I've been beat down in so many different areas in life. So now I'm not only in, you know, fortified protection mode. I'm in rational mode because I know I'm getting closer to the end of my life. So I want to be able to give out what I want to give out in the manner that I want to give it out. So I don't think I have as much to give as I did 20, 25 years ago. Interesting. If you know someone that has had suicidal thoughts, or if you are someone that you think that you need some help, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, Lifeline, excuse me, is there for you. Uh, that number is 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Um, yeah, hopefully you can use that information to help save a life. I want us to normalize talking about suicidal deaths and deaths by suicide the same way I want us to normalize talking about addiction. I think those things and 
I think it should be, we should normalize. Those things should be a more consistent part of our daily, weekly, whatever discussion. I think we, it's such a negative stigmatism behind it, very much like addiction, because many of us get incredibly angry. We feel rage towards Defensive. someone who's... Yep. It's very similar to the way we view addiction in our community. We have to do a better job of normalizing and snatching the stigma, the negative stigma away from that. And I think that will help us continue to save some lives. Yeah. Crush, what do we have on deck next, man? Uh, well, it's hard to you know, make this kind of pivot and, uh, but I have to admit, um, it's something that's been coming up uh, quite a bit. Um, this, uh, this interesting concept uh, that I actually saw, and I actually began to actually saw on a Netflix documentary, the idea of uh, a sense of morality in, uh, in, in, in American capitalism and corporations. And this is being reflected in a concept called Web3 that's being endorsed, or maybe was endorsed by Jack Dorsey. Uh, supposedly, Web3 will be a combination of two earlier versions of the internet but we'll take the power away, quote unquote, from the tech giants and corporations and put it back into the people's hands. Instead of exchanging our data to upload content, users can become participants by, and shareholders by earning tokens on the blockchain system, uh, which will allow you to have say over our network. Now, this was this is a far-reaching concept that I've, I've heard bubbling up for years, and I, but it, it came to my attention. I just wanted to see what you guys thought. Um, in terms of you know how how real could this be uh, in the context of where capitalism is right now, and is capitalism vulnerable to something like this? <laughs> technology, is technology even receptive to an idea like this? Um, considering you know other external factors like like politics, and uh, and even uh, even ge even geographic factors. I know this is pretty a pretty, a pretty left field topic, but I had to throw it at you guys because I really don't believe in your mental capacities. <laughs> this is the internet 3.0 man yeah this is the i hate 3. it 0. i'm not looking forward to it i don't want anything to fucking do with it i don't know how it's going to turn out to be very honest with you because i do everyone is how do you how do you think it's going <laughs> go ahead how do you think oh it's, it's going to be it's going to be very much like everything else in this country or in this world a select few are going to own and control all of it and a bunch of the rest of us is going to be scrambling around trying to get a piece of it. It's the same thing with Bitcoin. It's the same thing with all this shit. A select few people own and control the bulk of it. It's the same thing we're seeing taking place when we get to the point where, and, and I think a similarity between the metaverse and all this other shit. A select, they're already capitalizing literally off of that these rich people are going to have, they're already having access to it before the working class or the poor get to it. And we're going to be at the bottom and we're going to be the labor class for these movements. It's the same shit. It's horrible. I just saw a headline that Warner Brothers bought some real estate in, meta, in the metaverse. We were talking about that maybe three or four episodes back about how we're transitioning into this new society. Before you know it, our real life is going to be Man, like Ready Player like, One. It's going to be yeah. a very interesting way See, for us to live. I mean, the Go idea ahead. of a decentralized internet 
you know, it's been around for a long time and people kind of fought yeah. for the idea. But I think the problem, according to the article, is that the people that are currently investing tens of billions of dollars in building Web3 teams and Web3 services already are mostly tech companies, software developers, venture capitalists, and hedge funds. Not the people. So it seems doomed to fail from the start. No, I mean it's hard to wrap our minds around, right? Unless it's a a venture capitalist, a bunch of black, a bunch of black rich black men trying to get into this. I don't know. But you, but I mean, but that that, like Elgin said, it kind of. We've seen this story before, right? We look at Facebook. Yes, Facebook was created in somebody's in Mark Zuckerberg's dorm room over a drunken bender just for a way for him to rank women that he was going to be dating and shit. But at then at the end of the day, it didn't become something until people saw an interest and started throwing that money behind it. And now we see Facebook is meta, right? A billion dollar company that that to now own a piece of meta Folks like you and I are just buying, buying pieces of meta that are making a difference in our <laughs> in our day to day lives. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. But it's a, it's the Internet 3.0. It's going to be very hard to wrap our minds about it. We're going to before you know it in the next couple of years, <clears throat> we're going to wake up and it's going to be Ready Player One. It's going to be here. Going to be, yeah, literally. They're already putting the VR glasses out. The VR glasses are already out the connecting to the metaverse components that are allowing you to actually be able to create sensory for you to feel from the like like, in an actual situation. Yep. Yeah. I mean, let me ask you a question. So what is what is what would stop the two of you at this point from Mm -hmm. actually trying to get in on the ground floor? Because there are some a lack of quote unquote ventures. (laughs) No, no, no. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. There are There are some small ventures that are part of this growing universe yeah, that we as working class people can get in on. Do you think my thought process is that we as regular working class people don't see the benefit in it because we have our focus on other things, right? I think for me, one time isn't on, yeah. on our side already. Yeah. And my politics don't line up with being involved in something like that i can't be involved with something like that that i know is going to that has an oppressive nature to it i can't what do you mean by I, oppressive I just, nature? Expand on that. because in order for me to do it at some point in time getting on the ground level that means at some point in time somebody is going to be on the bottom right and i just have a hard time with that concept of being in something and being in a new venture with the purpose of making money off of other people. Now, again, I'm an entrepreneur, have my own business, and I struggle with my pricing. I struggle with all those things because I know what the people that I am marketing to are dealing with on a day-to-day basis. I have a hard time trying to align your pockets and your capitalist with your ideas. Yeah, I I, I hate it. It's it's a struggle. So I don't I I don't know how to do it. And again, but my wife, who has similar politics as I do, wants to get involved in these things, right? So that's that other aspect of it because I do know that I live in a capitalistic society, 
and it's not going anywhere anytime soon as much as I would love it to. And my kids are going to grow up and be a part of it. And I can't rob them of having a safe place within that system right, also. Survive. So it's that, it's yeah. that, it's that dichotomy, man. It's a struggle. It is. Is there one thing that if you could do right now, given what we understand now about the web 3.0 and how that's being developed, if there was, I think I know what L will say, but if there's one thing right now that you could put your thumb on to, to influence it, what would that be? Because we know where we believe it's going to go, but what are the things that you think would, if you could do it right now, that would help to influence it in a direction that you think is palatable? For lack of a better description, soak up shares in the tech companies. Get my piece, any way I can. Yeah, yeah man, I, I, I don't, I don't even know, man. I think uh, I the one thing that I wouldn't wanted to see, I wouldn't want to see people to be able to capitalize off of this new level of freedom, right? That's a, and again, that's. A struggle for me even to think about that component because again the internet in, in itself offers people a level of access to worlds that we've never you know 20 years ago we would have never even thought of having and with this new shit is going to open it up even bruh mm -hmm. i mean yeah. but i'm afraid also because i think several years ago when we first began to see self-checkouts in grocery stores mm -hmm. there were many people and who were labeled conspiracy theorists who were complaining about what the future held what was coming and now that that future is beginning to show up it's like damn we might have wanted to listen back then because now things are beginning to be more and more automated and when things begin to be more and more automated who are going to be the people who are going to be out of those jobs us poor working class people are going to be losing those jobs who's going to continue to make money the rich people the the, the one percent and we're going to lose out and i think that's something that we as a people are not paying enough attention to is how tech is being used Making as a way to move us out of the way to make us expendable and I, I mean it's and I'm not saying that as some, you know, hyperbole. I think there's actual reports and stuff out there that people should look at to see. It's 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 some real shit coming our way that we yeah. poor people, working class people, getting in on the metaverse and all this other shit, the VR. Man, we're going to be the last ones to get access to that, or we're going to be the first ones. And the reason why we'll be the first ones is because what? Guinea we pig. make the best guinea pigs. I do. Well, here's the hope, uh, hoping that we're able to get in in some fashion so that we can learn to adapt to it because we yeah, always we got you. You'll, ball, get man. You'll, you'll get in there for us. Fortunately, you'll, 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 you'll be my, my pig, my pigment, my, my pigment is not as uh, as not as allowing as you guys. Well, so, you know, I mean, unfortunately, Jack Dorsey just said that he says that the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz um, has already taken control of this Web3 and has been to Capitol Hill in November trying to influence regulation around the shit, right? Already you know got to spend their money. You know they got to spend their money and get folks and they got these folks on their side, man. Yeah. L, what do we have on deck next, man? 
Oh man, fascinating story, man. Fascinating story, brothers. Man, listen. Ooh, when I saw this, I could wait. I saw this on the weekend and put that joint in early. Like, yo, we got to talk about this. Oh, <laughs> listen, Jay Z and Meek Mill. Uh, this is the title of the article. Jay Z and Meek Mill support bill to end rap lyrics from being used as criminal evidence. The rappers, Jay-Z and Meek Mill, are supporting proposed New York state law that would ban rap lyrics from being used as evidence during trial, People says. The two rappers are joined by other rap artists, blah, 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 uh, urging lawmakers to sign the rap music for trial bill and make it the law of the land. Here's the purpose. The purpose of the legislation is to place limits on the admissibility of a defendant's music as evidence shown during a criminal trial. According to the draft legislation, the bill would require prosecutors to provide clear and convincing evidence that a defendant's songwriting is literal rather than figurative or fictional. If you remember, there's been a number of cases in the past, I'll say, five, six years where rappers specifically, in this context, we're going to keep it to rappers, rappers' lyrics have been used against them in their criminal trials, in their trials for other crimes, their lyrics have been brought into the discussion and used against them. And you're on mute, so I don't know what the hell you said right now. No, I said, motherfucker, I said Takashi 69. Most, I yeah, think that's yeah. probably one of the most recent ones, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I really, I'm, I'm excited to hear you guys' thoughts on this. I am very. I'm flabbergasted mm. that your boy Jay-Z is the one that brought this up, of all people. Wow. Um, only because I, I and maybe I'm, I'm being Jay -Z, a bad guy. Jay-Z the past three or four years on this new social justice kick? That is true, but we always end up hearing that he's got some he's got his hands in the pot of other things afterwards so when i hear stuff like this i always one i think what is his motive behind it is it altruistic is that why he's doing is he actually doing it as a genuine thought to move the move the movement along or does he have something else burning in the background that he's just bidding his time until that pops off I wouldn't, honestly, all jokes aside, I know it sounds crazy and people have called me nuts for saying it already, but I would not be surprised if come five, six years, how, whatever, down the road, when Jay-Z says he's done spitting lyrics, that he runs for some public office. That's just, Oh, he'll win. He'll win. As long as he's with Beyonce, think, he'll win. I, <laughs> I no, really no, I'm saying because of their ability to tap into that particular market, which is a more hold on, hold on. white what market? liberal market, white liberal market, they'll 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 be successful. Uh, but what do I you think, think about think this particular? Groundwork. What do you think about this particular bill? What they're trying to accomplish with this? What Jay Z and Meek Mill are trying to get done here? What are your thoughts behind that? I think I, the the actual bill being passed. I think that that actually makes sense. Because I think really? that rap music is the only music that we can think of mm -hmm. whereby, you know what? Okay. I know that there was a period where Marilyn Manson was, uh, Marilyn Manson went to, uh, lo had lawsuits pending on him. 
There's and been plenty of white reason, artists. Many, many of them. I'm just using Marilyn Manson because mm-hmm. that's one of the ones that first come. Marilyn Manson had many lawsuits pending against him. And he talked about some of his lyrics in that. And I don't know if it's because of the lawyer that he had or if it's because of the judge that he was in front of. But in those in those cases, his lyrics were inadmissible because they respected Marilyn Manson, his music, as art. They said, you can't hold this guy. That's not who he is in his real life. This is a persona. This is not the actual, whatever Marilyn Manson's real name is. This is not the actual him. So I do think that it's fair to allow that same type of quote unquote grace to people who are who are who are rap artists. In many instances, this is their persona. We see, we know that this is their persona, even though in many cases, especially with hip hop, that it comes from origin of poverty of being, you know, getting it from the mud. I dig it, but at the same time, this, as we know hip hop to be, as we know rap music to be, it is. It's not all as accurate as they may portray. You get what I'm saying? Sure, but my, and I think my only question would be to you is with that thought process, even if the artists are not actually portraying crimes that they're committing, mm-hmm. what about the music contributing to the crimes that other people are committing? That speculation. I don't. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't know if that's necessarily fair because it's the, the same thing happens with white music. Like you're not going to tell me Limp Biscuit. I, I don't think we. And, I don't think we should do that though. I don't think we should what pull in white, what white know, people are doing in this particular context. Right? Why? Because it's this is all a black, art. It's all music. Because it's, it's not what art but, and music but are on. not exclusively to black people. No, exclusively to no, white no, no, people, no, no. Right? But I think in this particular context, there is a large. Well, I won't say a large. There is a portion of hip hop artists that do rap a genocidal type of rap lyrics that have, in many instances, been listened to young people. Now, I'm not going to say it contributes to the crime, but I think it's something that we should actually consider, right? And I'm not even saying all hip hop, because there is a portion of hip hop music that has demonstrated some really and promoted some genocidal type of foolishness that has been damaging and harmful to our community. But I don't, okay, what you're saying, granted, you are, you're accurate, that I feel that the music has contributed in some capacity to how we rear and raise our children and the perspective of our, our, of our culture as, as a whole, right? Sure. But the same thing, once again, I mean, I know you don't like it, but the same thing happens to white people all the time. Yeah, but I can't I can't think about drug, white people. Drug use, alcoholism. Can't, I can't, drug, I, again, I can't on, think man. about what, if white people want to get together and they want to kill each other and do all types of crazy shit, that's up to white that's... people. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, because I live in a poverty-stricken environment where I'm concerned about what we're doing to each other. And again, I think it's a it's a hell of a I'm not saying what they're doing is wrong because I don't think that they should be using the music to hold people accountable. I don't think that's fair unless you're going to do it across the board for all music, right? Understood. I think it is something to say if they're singling it out. But at the same time, I think there is a component and a larger discussion that we should be having that I find 
incredibly fascinating, excuse me, that two rappers who have been notorious for their particular and benefited, and both of them have been on record from not only rapping these lyrics, but participating in the very crimes that they have rapped about. Right, I think there's there's something there, and I find it fascinating that Jay Z and Meek Mill are the two people who are the ones leading us. Mm. But I think there's a larger discussion here. But I don't think mm. it should be used against them because I think there is a racial component to that. Okay, and let's uh, go let, to our residential hip hop. Yeah, music. Let Crush jump in, and I want you. Once Crush jumps in, I want you to go back to talking more about that larger conversation that should be you believe should be sure. had. Okay, Crush, go ahead, man. Um, you know, this bill is addressing something that's been, um, been an issue for a, a long, long time. I mean, I we, I can go back to uh, the reaction to the early days of uh, cats like Gangsta Nip and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and, and um, what's his name from Texas? Um, I forgot his name. I'm called Psycho something. Um, but yeah, there, there's been some crazy extreme stuff. And I used to I used to be averted to it too. I mean, to a certain extent, and, and be the shock value got to me. But then I had to. Re- but then I, you know, as I, you know, got older and got to know these different areas, it's like you know these these artists aren't promoting something as much as they're reflecting it, reflecting a mentality, reflecting even a deep seated psychosis that's that's been undiagnosed to a certain extent. Not that it's right, but it's like. Mm-hmm. Fair. What but what's being done to stop it's what's being done to stop this that in, in, in mm-hmm. a way that's what that music in the way that's what the existence of that music is saying that this is what happens when you let this go on when you let this environment go unchecked and this is what it is mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and, and so mm-hmm. that was that was hard for me to accept going on but what Jay-Z and what this bill is proposing the way it's written is completely and perfectly logical and perfectly fair but that you should not and it, and it definitely it definitely goes directly to the heart of the argument that you're not that you're that, that, that you know the law is simply choosing not to view hip hop music as art as music yeah as music they, they they're choosing not to they're choosing to actually view it as evidence and I'm like that and that's not fair it's just there's a cross the board that's not fair um, now this is not to say that cats haven't said crazy shit in their music that coincidentally may have. Uh, coincided with particular events, but again, yeah. but like, like some one of the biggest rappers right now making money off of television, Fifty Cent. I mean, Ghetto Quran. You but do you know how you know how yeah, yeah, do you know how yeah, hot yeah. cats got off that song? Mm. Whoo! Never, never mm. now the streets will prosecute cats for shit like that, but the mm. court shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course, they have no business, you know, get, get 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 you know trying to classify that as evidence. You know, so I, I I'm a full support of the bill, and I see what Elgin's saying. It's very it is unusual to see cats like uh, like Jay and Meek Mill. Um, you know, and, and see, I already have my issues with Meek Mill anyway. I don't, I, you know, I, yeah. I, as much as as much as you know, he was a you know an advocate for for prison reform. You know, I don't think he, as an artist, I have an issue with his true respect and intent with the art form. You know what I'm mm, saying? Um, that's very, my, that's, that's a personal thing. That's, 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 that's a personal thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, that, that's one of your city's kings. So yeah, I, I no, no, no. I know. Be, Beanie Siegel to <laughs> the like, day I die, bro. Hey, and your Beans. man's voice. 
I heard your man's voice is on uh, is on the men. Um, it's but, on the men's, but, bro. But, but like I said, though, I mean, nah, beans. It's um, it it, it 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 it's hard. It's it's hard to reconcile some of the past and the behavior and that these guys have you know done the music you know with with the movement we have now. And and I know what I know what Singham's saying about Jay Z with his uh ulterior motives. But um, you know, I find it hard to believe that he would get involved in political political office even after his album stopped selling. Um, I find that hard. I find that I would find that very hard to believe, especially with what, unless he has a, unless we see him plant a certain seed, um, adopt a certain vehicle that will have everyone like, hmm, what's that? What's that for? That, that moment hasn't happened yet where we're like, what's that about? You know what I'm saying? Once we get to that point, that's when I don't think that's why I don't think Jay and Beyonce politics. No, no, she's not. Um, I mean, I think, her her father alone is not gonna let her let, let her daughter yeah, get anywhere yeah, near yeah. that political shit. After can you imagine the things that Michelle Obama must have told her coming up, like and and like, no, I don't want to do that. That's why she's gonna do that shit. So I mean, I, 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 I now now what, what Jay got involved with this bill. I find it hard to believe because it's very hard to get anything over on these political guys. I mean, nah, Jay's smart, Jay smart. Jay has the money, but I don't know. Like, I know I, there was a few of us who thought we could get over on these on, on these on these political niggas, and no, they, they often get very embarrassed. And, and Jay does not want to get embarrassed going into his fifties trying to get over on these guys. You know what I'm no, I, I dig it. I think part, the one thing that I do appreciate about the bill before I let uh, L jump in and close it out is that it does in some capacity, whether it's genuine or not, whether you agree with it or not, I think that it saves the uh, the root or helps to solidify the root of all music. Most music, contemporary music, comes from a life experience, right? Jay said it a long time ago. You can't talk about it if you ain't living. Ice Cube said it a long time ago. Said in I, I know, I know. Said it a long time ago that we people uh, people lambasted NWA about what they talked about. But he said we are we are reporting products of, of our streets. environment. Yeah, we're products of our environment. In our music, we're reporting what's going on in these communities that have been forgotten. So to allow that to continue without being chastised as being modus operandi for crimes across the country, I can dig it and I can appreciate that. Once again, my biggest issue, my biggest issue, and I, I get where Ellen, where you are going coming from, Crush, but my biggest issue is, is this genuine? What are the motives behind it? Is this altruistic or is this just laying the groundwork for some other shenanigans that are going to pop up in another year from him and Meek Mills that we're, that we're not seeing the pieces for yet? Go ahead, Mark. Go it ahead, is, it is not like these motherfuckers care about black folks, though, right? It's not like, and, and, and again, I think the bill is important. It has some essence. It has some vitality, yeah, but it protects it protects a music genre, which I think is important. And I don't want to say it's not, shouldn't be protected, but I think the, the, the emphasis and the work that they're putting in 
to push this bill, they can take that same effort and resources to counteract the very things that are taking place in their hoods that I force people into these types of situations. situations that help like, them to make the music. I can't I okay. possibly hop on board with you and say like, yo, come on, bro. You, it's like, yo, every time I see you do this type of shit, I'm automatically going to be skeptical of it because if you mm. know so much about what's going on in the hood, why are you trying to do this unless you're doing both? And for what I've seen, you're not. That's a very, okay. I Fair enough. Fair enough. I can dig it. All right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom for you to take with yourself into the week. Crush, what's up, man? I just want to say, uh, send my love out to everybody and uh, let y'all know about an awesome book that's coming out on February 1st, Dilla Time, The Life and Afterlife of Jay Dilla, <laughs> the hip-hop producer who reinvented rhythm. Uh, coming out this Friday, I've already pre-ordered my copy. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, Dilla was a huge influence on me creatively. Uh, you know, He almost made me throw my MP out the window when I uh, heard those tapes. <laughs> Me and my man were flipping out. We had no idea that Detroit was doing it like this. And um, I've been a hardcore fan of his from day one. I He definitely uh, influenced me and I love many of my many of my peers in some really positive ways. And what he gave to the music um, cannot be denied. Um, yeah, so please check out Dilla Time and understand one of the one of the, one of the rare black geniuses of our era. Is being documented fully by his friends and family. I've heard the reviews from the book are in, are insane, um, crazy stories, stuff you've never heard of. I can't wait to get it. You don't. L, what's up, man? I want folks to begin paying attention. I know we often make the comment here that we are independent black media. Uh, one of the reasons we are independent because we're not connected to any corporate media apparatus. Uh, because what you're seeing across mainstream media now is the intensity with mainstream media to prepare Americans for potential World War III between the United States and Russia. I really want folks to be paying attention to what is taking place, to begin asking questions, to begin researching what's taking place, what has happened behind the scenes between Ukraine and Russia. And don't go into this with a red, white, and blue colored lens. Actually begin to think critically why are we doing what we are doing over there in Ukraine with Russia? So really pay attention to that because things are ramping up rather quickly. Uh, Biden's talking about sending troops over there. I think he last he said uh, up to 8,000 troops can go initially and at the end up to 50,000 troops going over there. So I think we really need to be paying attention to what is taking place and what this administration is doing because everything is not on the up and ups. Great. Uh, what's up for me this week is just finding some time to show yourself some patience and some grace. As we've talked about tonight, we talked about many of us in the dark in the black community, specifically black men, finding ourselves unfortunately in a dark space and not feeling the resource, feeling that we have the resources or the network 
or inner circle to be able to not only express those things, but to express them in a way where we feel comfortable. Many of those instances also come from our own battles, our internal battles, not being able to show ourselves a level of grace for the mistakes that we've made for the positions that we're in and forgetting that we're not the sum of all of those few parts. So my what's up for tonight is just making sure that you show yourself some grace, pay attention to your needs and your wants, and try to tap into your inner circle and your loved ones as much as possible. Crush, where can folks find you if they'd like to find you, man? Man, check me out on Instagram as usual at SP Methods, and or check out my crew at Amphibians, A-M-P-H-B-N-S. We have a new album out, and we're dropping a lyric video tomorrow for our second single. Enjoy. No doubt. L, where can people find you, man? Man, I hang out most days nowadays on the Twitters, on Jack Dorseyland, at Elgin Bailey. I don't fuck with Zuck like that. Uh, You know, he'd be on some bullshit. I'm still flabbergasted at how you say some of the most insulting and outrageous things, and yet you've never been banned from Facebook at one time. Isn't that the funniest thing? I've never it's been in funny. jail on it's Facebook not one time. Not one disgusting. time. It's not funny at all. And you've been in there how many times? You're a repeat felon. You could even get a job. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga said a repeat felon. You repeat felon. Maybe I can. Jeez, I'm gonna look Christ. for Jay Z and uh, I'm looking for Jay Z and uh, Meek Mills to make sure that they don't use. They can't use my posts against me. <laughs> Block me out of fucking Facebook. Yo, Al, I've been meaning to ask you: Have you seen that new Batman series, Timeless, yet? It's a new Batman series called Timeless. Yeah, a comic series called Timeless. Oh no, bro! There's a well, young. Let me go ahead. There, there, there's a young brother in there. You gotta see him. Okay, I'm on it right now, brother. I was like, yo, I was like, holy shit! I was like, what is this? What's going on here? You gotta see it. All right, let me let me let me so, pipe so, it in I, right I, now, I, I, brother. I, 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 but only thing is, the story begs a very big question. That's all. Very, that's all. I'm just like, and I'm big. Oh, Mr. In the Black himself, aka Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, you can find me (laughs) on Instagram and on Twitter at MR underscore in the black on Twitter, Instagram. And I want to thank you guys once again for checking us out on another episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else in the world, but you chose to kick with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Come over to our patreon you will not regret it but as always until next time informed intelligent in the black in the black peace peace this is this is in the black podcast in the black bro Hands down, one of the best podcasts I ever heard, though. I like y'all. Word. what up? I black coffee, Bretchen. Listen. In the black podcast, think your lad is all facts. He don't like that, the fault fact. In the black podcast, don't talk trash. Switch fast if you ain't wrong, then you're whack. Intelligent elements always relevant. Not for the weak and delicate. This is eloquent excellence. We are setting the precedence.
Rest Resting them my excrement In the black podcast The truth like the testament Don't know Black up he bro Man a specialist So what the podcast Broadcast Y'all mess with this Like said them a cheat Who no dweed so effortless I listen them I learn When them listen them I benefit Reporting current event Everything that is prevalent This is so exquisite The scientific experiment Giving you the news Not views without evidence Telling you the truth Sentiments without embellishments Relax These are the facts Bringing them to your residence In your house Or your tenement Listen to hear intelligence Body filled with melanin Power that's so unsettling Bright in the stars Bringing some light Back to the desolate In the black podcast That your land is all facts You don't like that The fuck back In the black podcast They fucked up Who knows you watch Black up here Chat me down In the black podcast That your land is all facts You don't like that The fuck back In the black podcast We all lost The whole of them Can't none of them Can't trust Yes Just like that Yeah, man, I'm so glad you're coming back. Stay in the black himself. What up, DJ? This is... This is... This is...